right, wrestling fans. Um, a little impromptu change here. In fact, uh, we really weren't going to do this. It kind of happened organically. Because uh, Jay, Jay's right here. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, thanks for not uh, showing up here and not dropping down out of the rafters like last time. <laughs> I should come out from underneath this uh, this ring. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. Yeah, this ring is a this is this is a thing of beauty. Um, but uh, yeah, we're down here at ringside actually, uh, because well, you mentioned it in the episode in in the last episode the. Uh, the ladder matches episode where you were talking about Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling and we had mentioned it in the past too um there were past episodes uh I want to say definitely in the Saturday morning episode uh it was episode 15 and then I'm sure somewhere else in passing we mentioned Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling and it's it hasn't been talked about, and I'm thinking. I figured, what better time than now? What we might as well go ahead and tackle one of these as a, as a point five, and it's definitely a point five because, uh, yeah, we just watched one episode. There ain't a whole lot there. You can't you can't take up a whole episode with one of these, and I'd be damned if we sit there and watch the whole series and try to do a synopsis of it. Because spoiler alert, this 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 show is terrible. It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um, so Hulk Hogan's rock and fucking wrestling. You hear? Let, let me. You, you hear the intro, and uh, a little bit of info about that. That intro is the music. He actually entered the ring to that music, which itself is a. It's an instrumental version of a song called "Ravishing" by Bonnie Tyler, who was a artist from the UK, and and, and that's that, that ties in also, Jay, when you were talking about the. We were talking about like another one bites the dust with uh, with junkyard dog, where licensing wasn't licensing rights or music rights weren't really a thing, so they could just play a song if they decided to and use it. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, yeah. So that that's exactly what they did with this. They used an instrumental version of this song. And my question is why? I have no idea. Because that song right there, it's about... That song is just about being DTF. So what's that got to do? Who, who looks at that song and said, Hey, you know what? That works pretty good for the face of our company. You know? And then on top of that, like, even though he took the lyrics out, still, like, why, why is he coming to the ring with this, like, with this power piano ballad? It was the 80s, man. Power piano was everywhere. Was <laughs> I guess either, so, either, but... It was the 80s. It was either power piano or power sax. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, it, you you get 
the fabulous Freebirds who kind of ushered in the rock and wrestling correlation there, you know, with the Bad Street Atlanta GA, which shout out to Ghost, he brought that up. It was his top favorite song in the, uh, in the entrance, as far as entrance music goes, and for all intents and purposes, was the original entrance music. But everybody else has got rock music, hell, the era's called rock and wrestling, the show which they came up with is rock and wrestling, and here he is with this, this, this crazy ballad, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get it. But they had him chanting Hulk in the in the background there too. They did add that in there. They did add that. So that's the intro. And you know what? We're gonna take a quick break here, and we're gonna go into uh, just a quick overview of the show. So we'll be right back. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling will return after these messages. Dragon Blaster. One more paralyzing Dragon Blaster. Freeze, Fisto! Dragon Blaster, Skeletor, Fisto, Roboto, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Roboto, attack! Your Dragon Blaster can't stop the most powerful robot in the universe. Oh, yeah! Freeze, Roboto! I said freeze! Dragon Blaster, Skeletor, new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. And now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Is there really an overview to this show? <laughs> I mean, not really. Not really. Um, and so, so again, you get the music. You get footage of Hulk Hogan walking to the ring. But then you just... It, it, it seems to transform. It cuts over to uh, just some cartoon footage from the episodes. So, what it is, is you've got... you got Hulk Hogan and a band of... Some of the uh, face, some of the top baby faces like Jimmy Superfly Snooker, like uh, Junkyard Dog. Again, Jay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got <laughs> you've got Wendy Richter, which oh, I'll, I'll get to her in a second. Uh, I, yeah, we'll, 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 I, I had questions about her. Yeah, we'll swing back around to that. <laughs> um, Tito Santana, Captain Lou Albano. So. Um, and then you've got the heel wrestlers, uh, mainly Roddy Roddy Piper, which I guess makes sense at the time because uh, it was just right on the heels of the original WrestleMania, the first two WrestleManias, which uh, hey, our spiritual advisor took part in. Mm-hmm. But also it was Hulk and uh, Piper were headlining that, so uh, there you go. But you got Nikolai Volkov, Mr. Fuji, uh, Fabulous Mula, Big John Stud. And Iron Sheik And maybe I'm leaving a couple people out here and there But it doesn't matter Because all the voice acting they I mean you do have these live action segments That have Mean Gene and Hulk Hogan in it But the voice acting uh, Is not even close I mean okay you have Hulk Hulk sounds faintly like Hulk Hogan And Mean Gene does sound a bit like Mean Gene And that's where it stops Yeah because everybody else uh, is just like I said, not even close. Piper sounds like just some sniveling punk, and not like not like his character in the in, in the show. It was it just not even. It sounds like a little kid, like a teenager or something. Yeah. And then you got you got junkyard dog. Who <laughs> <laughs> you want to take this one, Jay? Junkyard dog is. Um... Played by none other than 
the shredder himself. We got Uncle <laughs> Phil, James Avery, but he's putting on this sort of raspy kind of Scatman Crothers kind of voice. It is, and it sounds also it to me. It kind of reminds me of Mega Man from the Captain N show. Oh, it's not that bad. Which, which it does kind of sound like him, and then, but but then the 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 thing about that is it he also says junkyard in front of words just like Mega Man with the Omega in front of stuff so James Avery as junkyard dog was the proto Mega Man oh jeez don't <laughs> don't sully that man <laughs> I so 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 there you go now uh this particular episode okay so uh, I mentioned in in the previous episode, I, I, I mentioned that I vaguely remember some episode with a theme park in it, which actually happened as one of the later episodes in the series run. It's only last of the season, go figure. Um, but it also, I read the synopsis and it, it so, so vaguely I remember the theme park, but then it also got attacked by zombies, which I don't remember at all. <laughs> like, not like, okay, that's new to me. And I was gonna have us watch that, but then. I had to change my mind because this episode right here, which is called Clean Gene slash uh, Andre's. Well, my bad. Was it? What, what's the other one called? Um, Andre's Big Problem or yeah, so that, yeah. So that aired September twenty first, nineteen eighty five. That was my fourth birthday. So I'm like, yeah, no, we got to do this one. We got to do it. And. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this show... I mean, we're talking about voice actors. If we can jump back, because I am kind of a voice actor nerd. Yeah. Um, you got Rowdy Roddy Piper, who is voiced by Charles Adler, who, um, you know, he's, he's done a lot of... He's done Transformers. He was... Um, He, he was big in the cartoon cartoon era of uh, Cartoon Network in the early days. He, okay. he was Cow and Chicken. Oh yeah, I remember um, that. He he also was in um, all the first three Star Wars movies as Starscream, and the voice is pretty much exactly the same, <laughs> except with with, with the it's like take Starscream's voice from any of those first three movies take all the robo and and metal sound effects out and that's what Rowdy Rowdy Piper sounds like <laughs> which is nothing like the real Rowdy sounds like no not even um, you also have Hulk Hogan who is voiced by um, Brad Garrett who, right, um, that name's familiar. Why do I? Why do I know that name? He it, he is in um, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, he was the voice of Trypticon from Transformers. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I th- think he did another other a couple other Transformers voices, but um, also we'll talk about about it on that episode. But um, I saw TMNT two. And uh, he is the voice of Crank. Oh shit! Yeah, which is funny because it's only funny because the voice of Hillbilly Jim 
is Pat Fraley, who is the voice who is of Krang, Krang of in in the '80s cartoon. Yeah, man. So we sh- we got Shredder and Krang. Both we had two Krangs. <laughs> Shredder and two Krangs and Uncle Phil and Starscream. Wow. And I, I'm sure if I, I dug deeper into some of these other people, I'd you know find some other voices. Man, I mean, I, I, but but you know what? It was it was kind of around that time. I mean, they would have done because because Turtles was what eighty four, eighty three. Okay, so I could see him doing, you know, do, doing that work and then going on and do this or, or vice versa. Oh, yeah. Versa. I mean, back in the 80s, voice actors, you know, they did four or five different shows, you know. I mean, because they cranked out so many cartoons, you know, of varying quality. This one being toward the, the lower end of the barrel, but. Yeah, uh, but hey, it's a paycheck. Hell yeah, you know. So. So so let's get into this episode. So what happens is Mean Gene Okerlund gets a new house and Hulk and his crew they 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 offer to clean it up for him. Um on the other yeah, side And Gene never really says yes. No, he doesn't. In fact, I think they go ahead and just take it upon themselves. They just kind of say they're just going to surprise him. They're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So meanwhile, um Nikolai Volkov or not, not, not Nikolai. He does show up, but no, um, it's it's Sheik and Piper, and they're mad at me and Gene for always saying bad stuff about him. And so they hear about Hogan and crew going over to clean up the house, so they're going to go and sabotage the the cleanup job, so that it looks like Hulk Hogan uh, and everybody purposely wrecked his house. Right. And so what you get right here, folks, is just, um, just. Typical 80s hijinks. Like, if you've seen an episode of, uh, of of Tom and Jerry, I mean, that's not the 80s, but I'm just saying, you know, if you've seen an episode of, like, just any show, you've seen this. They go yeah. to try to clean up and just, you got, you, got, you got people peeking out from behind curtains or from behind the couch, you know, uh, 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 pulling the cord on a, on a vacuum or cranking up the switch to do something or just 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 random dastardly things and then and then you see everybody just uh like like turn on the vacuum cleaner and the vacuum cleaner is cranked up to a high speed so it goes flying and spits dust everywhere and crashes and tears up stuff taking out walls and doors and things like that yeah i mean it's just it, it is like i said just tom and jerry level you know bugs bunny daffy type sabotage stuff. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And then um, I just I just want to say that uh, Junkyard Dog comes in. Oh, they, oh, the other thing is they don't have keys to the house. But Junkyard Dog's got he's he's got the Junkyard skeleton key. So he, they let themselves in. Yeah. And they go right in and then he starts sweeping or dusting or whatever and he starts singing to himself. Mm, mm, mm. Another one cleans the dust. Oh god! And I, I laughed out loud at that part. I did. That's, too. that's the only part that I thought was really funny. I did too, just simply for the fact that it's just so. Just, wow, 
Man, they really. Yeah. And and again, music rights not being a thing, they didn't get sued for it either. So that happens. Um, they go about wrecking the house by accident, and then find out Piper and them are behind it. Mean Gene shows up, and it's like, "What's going on here? What's going on?" They said, well, "We were trying to clean up your house, and Piper and everybody they uh, they, they ruined it." And they said, "Well, that's not my house. My house is over here." So I thought your house was five five eighty three whatever street. And he says, "Oh, well, I meant five thirty eight. Like, so who's this house? It was the police chief's house. So they get they get arrested, I guess. The heels did. Yeah. And so he's like, well, uh, okay, well, I guess we'll clean up your other house. And he was like, no, I think I'll do it myself. See you guys. And that's the whole episode. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I will say another thing, too. I'm looking at this Hulk Hogan character. Um, and they've got he's, – he's permanently got the championship belt around his waist. Like, he never takes it off. It's just on his person forever. Mm-hmm. But they also did him a solid and filled in his receding hairline. Yeah, but he's wearing a headband all the time. It's not. It's not like a bandana, you know, the you know, like the Hulkamania bandana that they show him wearing in in the intro to the show in in the live action parts. Mm-hmm. It's just a regular, you know, vanilla white headband. Yeah, which um, back then he would kind of. I think the bandana came later. Did he? It? Um, yeah, he did used okay. to wear headbands all the time. Okay. Yeah. And at the time, I think before this, I think it was even before the red and yellow. So he would wear white or uh, even blue. I think. I didn't. I didn't follow him that much. Yeah, I just, I just remember some old tapes of Hogan and some of his early stuff over there. So, yeah, he had the headbands and stuff. So uh, they weren't they weren't wrong, but I think yeah. But it was just it's just you know by the time they finished that, I think he'd already moved on to the bandanas. Gotcha. That okay. hair was that hair was really going. Yeah, <laughs> it went fast. Oh yeah, he was only in his twenties, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's actually one. Of the, actually, when he uh, came over to the WWF, they wanted him to dye his hair red, and because his hair was falling out, he's like, "No, I'm, I'm not doing it." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 back to this Wendy Richter character. You had a question yes. about that? I don't. I don't remember her there's two people that I don't remember and I, I mean I know I saw the big moolah as a manager back in those days but I don't remember this Wendy because honestly when I was a kid I thought it was Miss Elizabeth and I was like well why do they have Elizabeth but they don't have Macho Man yeah it's funny yeah I thought the same thing too when I I thought Elizabeth was in it you know, again from my vague memory, and then watching it again, I kept saying it was Wendy. I'm like, oh, it's Wendy Richter. Yeah. Now, who is she? Because I don't remember her at all. Okay. Well, first of all, let's talk about Mula because you said you remember her as a manager. She definitely gotten up there in age. Um, but she she was a women's champion for like she held the belt for a good like about 28 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Um, I think by the time we were old enough to start watching wrestling, you know, in the 80s, she was mm-hmm. still wrestling. And I do kind of remember some of that. Um, but um, that was toward the end. I mean, they, women's wrestling in the WWF wasn't around for that much longer. I mean, it was pretty well phased out by, like, you know, the late 80s. And even then, they weren't showing a whole lot of it in the meantime. So, 
Right. But I do remember being a little kid and seeing the women going at the same time, you know, like, like Rock and Robin and, uh, uh, you know, and then Sherry back when she was wrestling before she started managing and stuff. So I remember a little of that. So, 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 um, all that to say, Wendy Richter, she was a, she was a, um, a longtime rival of, of Mula. And Mula had a protege named Leilani Kai who beat Richter for the title. So at the first mm-hmm. WrestleMania, she fought Leilani Kai, got her belt back, okay? So that's WrestleMania. Um, I don't know the date on that, but if it's like any other WrestleMania, it was probably, you know, March, April. All right. right. So, uh, and I pull up the internet Bible real quick here. Just for the, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know this. I know the story a lot. So she was supposed to uh, defend the women's title at the Garden uh, later that year against the spider lady and for people who uh went through the attitude era remember when mula came back and you saw the spider lady you know and she unmasked herself yeah it was a call back to that you know again mula again but she was supposed to fight this this master opponent named the, named the spider lady and during the match spider lady breaks away she doesn't she just disregards all the choreography or whatever they were planning to do and pin richter and the referee did a quick did a quick count he was in on it Mm-hmm. Even though Richter actually kicks out at a one count, but they ring the bell anyway, and of course Richter she kicked out. She's not really in the moment, not really knowing what's going on. She continues to keep fighting and unmaster, and it's Mula in there. Richter is none the wiser, okay? But Mula has the belt again. So this for everybody who remembers the Montreal screw job, you know, with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon was a heel promoter way back then before his character did it on TV because uh, apparently he says that they said that she didn't want to she didn't want to renew her contract with WWF so that's how he was trying to get rid of her and have her drop the belt rather than yeah which is the same thing that happened with Bret Hart you know again Bret Hart kind of played hardball with him but still rather than so 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 rather than try to work out a deal with you he just screws them behind their back has them drop the belt in like some controversial fashion. So this in Lawi, this is the original screw job. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, according to the Internet Bible here, let me see where it says. Uh, it says Richter, however, claims he was still under the original five-year contract, uh, but that she regularly regularly had disagreements with McMahon about her compensation. She also claims that when she arrived at the arena that day, she was surprised to see Mula backstage, as she never showed up to events. At which she was not scheduled to, to wrestle because she was under the mask, and of course Richter doesn't know that. After the match, an infuriated Richter left the arena in her wrestling gear, took a cab to the airport, and booked herself on a flight out of New York. Afterwards, she never spoke to Mula again. Wow! So <laughs> there you go, a wow. little bit of little bit of history there. Huh? Okay. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So does that clear up who <laughs> who that is? Yeah. Yeah, and that is, and what year did that happen? It's happening in '85, so later in the same year. So while this episode, while this, while this cartoon is still airing, this is happening. Okay, that's probably why I never saw it. Then. Yep. Because I, I didn't start watching wrestling until this show started airing. So okay. Yeah. So uh, let, let's take another quick break. We'll come back to the second half of the episode uh, because they do, they they do uh, two, basically two short episodes in one. So we'll come back, okay. we'll talk about that one, and we'll 
we'll, and we'll go home. All right. All right. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling will return after these messages. It does a body. Milk it does a body good. Pass it on. It's one to grow on. Great for ice and cold and spread It's full of what you're thirsty for. It is. It makes you feel good because it tastes so great. It really does. A body good. Pass it on. Milk it does. Milk it does a body good. Milk it does a body and we're back. So, this next one, Andre's Big Problem. <laughs> and Andre just jumped. I don't, I don't recall this man, Ron Feinberg, if that's his voice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, it ain't close either. No, because he's... Uh, oh, but he's done a lot of stuff that I would know. Huh. But anyway... Um, the the voice that he's putting on. Oh shit! Now I know who this guy is. Uh oh! Breaking news. Well, he's done some Transformers voices. He was on The Tick. He was on Dark Green Duck. Uh, but the year after this show started, he got another job. As another bad, or as a bad guy, instead of a good guy, he was Ming the Merciless on Defenders of the Earth. Oh no, no! <laughs> Defenders of the Earth, call back to our to last year's block. Oh, that nightmare! Pure block. premium pulp. Yeah, but um, no. got a Defenders of the Earth episode. <laughs> no, don't because <laughs> don't put us through that again. But um, he uh. Andre the Giant is French, and this French accent. Oh, it's it. It comes and goes, and sometimes it sounds like Russian or German or something. It's yeah. terrible. That's uh, you know another thing. Speaking of uh, voices and, and foreign accents, Tito Santana again. I mean, no surprise. It's not close. None of these voices are close except for Mean Jeans and Hulk Hogan's. But I mean, this. It's not, it's not, it's not racist. It's not caricature. The way they've done it, but I mean, it's just so bad. Because again, the accent kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, um, what's his name's voice? Is kind of racist. Uh, the Iron Sheet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one's <laughs> that one's pretty bad. Yeah, that one's not good. But anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted. Nah, man, I mean, what are you interrupting? You're Hulk Hogan's rocking fucking wrestling. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we got uh, so we got Andre's big problem. And his big problem is that his mother's coming over from France, coming to visit. Only she doesn't know that he's a wrestler, and so they 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 ask a bakery owner to let them borrow their bakery so that. He can disguise himself and, and and put on and act as though he's a pastry chef. Yeah. Why? Why? 
I mean, what's wrong? Why, why would he just? Why would he not have told his mom he was a wrestler? They never really got into it. They don't, and there's no reason for it. And on top of that, a pastry chef. I mean, he could have done at least something else he knew about because he knew nothing about that. And so, yeah. here they go again. So the, actually, the the baker says, "No, I'm not going to loan my place to a bunch of wrestlers. Are you crazy?" And then Andre tries to come in the door. And he accidentally rips the door off the wall by accident. And he goes like, you know what? It's yours. See ya. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> intimidated him like a bunch of heels. <laughs> but it's the same thing. This is the same episode over again. Yeah. Just with a different you know, palette swap. So yeah. they go and they try to bake stuff. None of them know how to bake stuff. So they end up... Uh, they, they end up uh, uh, jamming up the cupcake machine. And oh, while that cupcake machine is going... There's an inst- like a little uh, improvisation of uh, another one bites the dust playing again. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and before we get away, I just because one of the running guys on here is Captain Lou Albano, who was the only wrestler who did his own voice on the oh, show. Oh yeah, forgot to mention that Captain Lou. His character model is a big fat guy and fatter than Captain Lou actually was, but. Um, if you know 80s wrestling, you know Captain Lou always had like his goatee tied up with rubber bands. Yep. But this show, for, for whatever reason, just made rubber bands his... I don't know if rubber bands were ever his thing or whatever. But, you know, he, he's got them he's got him on his, his goatee, and he, he'll pull one off to use it to do whatever on this show. But watching this episode in particular... Um, the character model, it looks like, and I always thought that he had an earring that that was basically just a, a rubber band. But looking at this episode, he pulls on that, that rubber band, and it's not on his ear. It's like attached to his cheek. <laughs> and I don't know if... And then after watching it, you know, for the rest of the episode, that rubber band is nowhere near his ear. It's right on the side of his cheek. And he keeps pulling on it and stretching the skin of his cheek, and it just got really bizarre and weird for me. I I couldn't look at it the same way. <laughs> you know what? Also, they had Captain Lou there. Where was Cindy Lauper? Yeah, they didn't have any Cindy music. You would think. I mean, especially since she sang the Kiwi's Playhouse song in disguise. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, none. And uh, I'm and I'm coming around to that in a second too. Well, let me finish talking about this non-episode. So, uh, as you can imagine, they don't know how to run a, ba- a pastry shop. They're tearing up shit again, just like they tore up Mean Jean's neighbor's house. And they do the whole the, the same the dough gag. You know how you leave the dough in the oven for too long and ends up flooding the entire. Uh, it, it 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 blows them out of the building and out of the room. There's dough everywhere. Uh, yeah. And then Andre's mom shows up. She knows exactly where to go because they don't pick her up from the airport. She just shows up. Well, yeah, because Hulk Hogan says, I'll go pick her up from the airport and you start training Andre in how to make pastries. Why would she go with him in the first place? <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, she, she shows up and Hogan's not there. She just shows up by herself. Yeah, she shows up and just happens just so happens there to be a robber about to rob the place. No, why are you? I think if you were gonna knock over a place, I don't think you'd try to 
score somewhere better than a pastry shop, but hey, maybe he wanted to get some donuts and some bear claws or something on the way too. I don't know. So he comes in, try to stick him up, and the mother goes and puts him in, you know, puts him in the Boston crab and saves yeah. the day. And like, how'd you learn how to do that? And he said, Oh, I've been taking wrestling lessons at the women's group. <laughs> so <laughs> terrible. That's yeah. the end of the episode, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was, and then it cut to. <laughs> oh, yeah. It cut to the the end, which actually seemed like it should have gone in the beginning. Okay, here's the thing about that. I don't know. Maybe because we watched this on YouTube, so I don't know if that was the uploader's problem. Like, if he was linking the episode from the, if he was linking that from the next episode, and just had it happen to be on the on the tail end of the video, and he just chopped it in the wrong place. Because the description of what's going to happen in the episode was wrong. Yeah, because he because <laughs> he's uh, about something else entirely. Hogan destru- describes the the house episode, but then he goes on to describe two other segments. Which, which if, if you do go on YouTube, um, the the first choices that pop up whenever you type in are all from the same person, right? And they're all about fifteen minutes long, which is short running time for you know a TV show even without the commercials in there but I think he only put like two episodes because these are little short Looney Tunes level uh, little stories so I think the guy only is putting two vignettes together when it should be three for a regular length episode because Hogan goes on to describe he talks about the house thing he goes on to describe two other things that didn't happen in this episode. <laughs> and it's at the end, which it should have been at the beginning if he's introing it. So, I don't know. Something's, something's up. Yeah. But, um... But but back to my other thing. So, no Cindy Lauper. And that's the whole... That, that's my other problem with the show is that it's called Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. But there's no rock. There's no wrestling. The only, the only thing they made good on in the title was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Well... I'm looking at the credits on IMDb, and Cindy Lauper was involved. Aha! And apparently, only for one thing. It was the title concept. <laughs> she didn't do the what? She, two people, Cindy Lauper and David Wolf. Wolf are both uh, credited with title concept. The rock and wrestling title was based upon a concept by Cindy Lauper, David Wolf. Well, they came up with the show name basically. Oh well, that yeah, because uh, oh, going back to Wendy Richter, is she and Cindy Lauper had the rock and wrestling connection? Oh okay, you know, so that's but but this was called Hulk Hogan's wrestling, rock and wrestling again. There was no wrestling to be seen. Where was the wrestling? Other than Jimmy jumping off of the pastry, <laughs> um, <laughs> the the pastry counter. <laughs> he just did this flying, this oh, flying fucking um, body slam and lands on the floor, and and then tries to shake Andre the Giant's hand. So it's nice to meet you, man. Yeah, that's really about it. And there's no rock in it at all. It's all just you know standard '80s animation cartoon fare. So and the and the intro, the the music, like I said, it was Hulk Hogan's theme music. We already told you what that was. So there's no rock in it. Why was the title called that? I have no idea. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> Unless you got anything to add, I'm going to go ahead and wind this up because I don't have no. anything. That's about it. Because this show is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> this show's terrible. And again, we're only going to watch that one episode because I'm not going to watch this series and do a big... Because I, I can imagine every episode is just like this. And uh, yeah, by the way, yeah, that episode that I was talking about is called Rockin' Zombies. And that aired on October 1985. And again, I don't remember the zombie part, but I remember there being a theme park that they got lured into by uh, Bobby Heenan. And it was a trap. But the zombie thing, that's that's some new shit right there. I didn't, I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so don't anybody watch this. Yeah, are we done talking about this now? Yeah, we're done. So you can find us <laughs> find us at www.nojibajabafm.com, facebook.com slash nojibajabafm, on Twitter at DeathCakesPod. I am at Ilrockski. Jay is at jruru 78 And uh, this is one more stop in the end cap. Uh, again, the final end cap will be in an upcoming episode of I Made the Fool. And that'll finally uh, put an end to our uh, wrestling block, DCP Wrestling. Uh, you know, so you'll hear more about that with me when it comes up. All right, all right. Well, until next time. See, see ya. ya.